there is a sense God God gives us these relationships ultimately to help us better understand Himself. And so our our parents, our fathers and our mothers are there in our lives to better help us understand him. And so you think to yourself, how could a a father, for example, who is not great, how, how does honoring him tell me something about God? Well, perhaps it goes like this. There are times in which we simply cannot understand what God is doing, and yet he calls us to trust and honor him. So while your earthly father doesn't literally doesn't know what he's doing sometimes. And perhaps what he's doing is sinful by you honoring him. It's reflecting when your heavenly father is doing something incredible that you don't understand. He still calls you to honor him. It's like a two-year-old wanting to play with knives or go play out on the freeway. And they don't understand why you're depriving them of fun. Yeah. Or God is this cosmic killjoy who wants to suck all the fun out of our lives. And the truth of the matter is, no, God knows what is best. There is a common phrase that is heard here on set of the Living Waters podcast, and that phrase is, save it, (laughs) save it. And what, what do we mean by that? We banter before we banter, friends. And oftentimes the banter we're bantering is such good banter that we say, save it. No, you just blew a chance at something wonderful. The banter that we banter is better. (laughs) <laughs> I like that, Ray Comfort. Yeah, seriously, we chat about stuff, and it's so interesting, so I just yell out, save it. Save it. Sometimes sometimes we, and then, some, we never, and then we never repeat it. Well, we're going to say it this yeah, time. Sometimes you, we breathe, and Ray says, save it. Oscar, what were you saying? So, Oscar, you're well, about Oscar, to tell us Oscar. about persecution. I experienced a terrible form of persecution. My pastor had me preach on Revelation 11 on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> At four o'clock. <laughs> the game oh, really? started at four o'clock. Oh, you kidding. <laughs> Actually, we were very thankful. We had a very good uh, turnout. We were expecting not many people to show up to church on Sunday, but we had our, we were very happy to see that our church prioritize their Lord on Sabbath oh, Sunday. They imagine? recorded it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all of them were listening to the sermon with their phones right up to their faces. But Can you imagine how many would have showed if you would have had Super Bowl playing during right the Right behind me on the yeah. big screen. It's crazy the things, though, that you do see churches do to draw people. You know, I mean, a lot of it has turned into theater. Pastors like zip lining in, motorcycles up on stage. Wow. One pastor and his wife, they put a bed on stage and just ridiculous. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like they were, they sat in a bed on stage and were talking about marriage or whatever. I will say though, it is really fun to zip line on the stage. Oh, yeah. I do it every Sunday. <laughs> totally. <laughs> on a motorbike. On a motorbike, yeah. <laughs> into bed. That's right. <laughs> so, guys, today, We're going to tackle a subject that I think is not talked about as much as it should be talked about, and that is honoring our parents. Uh, All of us have them. But, you know, it's amazing when you become a parent how much you realize how much you didn't understand about your parents, you know, and how, how little you appreciated everything that they did for you. And so I've been having that more than ever, I think now, because I'm seeing my kids at different phases in life. And it's been such a joy for me now to look at my daughter, look at her son, and I can see the light bulb going on in her mind. Like, wow, okay, now I see. And it was so cool the other night, we were watching old videos of when Summer was a little girl, 
And I was telling her, Summer, look now, see how you were when you were a little girl? In the video, I was saying that to her, anticipating I'd be watching that video with her one day. And she was sitting there with her son in her lap. And I thought, wow, you know, this is just very, very odd. It it takes you into a new depth of love when you have children. Mm -hmm. I remember I was walking along a path with my my kids when they were real little, and there was two Dobermans running towards us. Mm -hmm. I remember putting the kids behind me, and thinking, if those dogs come near my kids, I'm going to rip the dogs and shred. I shred. I felt the power of love. I said, dogs ran past us, didn't even notice us. <laughs> but it showed me I, I had absolute courage in the face of those those vicious dogs if they yeah. touched my kid because of the power of love. Something awakens in you as a parent. You know, Mark and I were watching our boys play basketball the other night, and there was one guy that kept getting kind of heated. This is an adult league, you know, so they're playing with against unbelievers and stuff. And I was getting a sense like this guy might flip out any moment and start like throwing blows, you know, and my mind was fast forwarding. I mean, I, and, and it, I was trying to like calm myself down because I, I'm thinking if he pummels one of my kids, both of my sons play like I don't know what I would do. I know what I would do, but I could land myself in jail. You know, it's like that instinct in you. This is my child. There's this saying that my mom used to always say, and and it's this. It's an Arabic saying. The parent's heart is on the child, and the child's heart is on the rock. How do you say that in Arabic? Yes, hajar. Yeah. So, hajar. Almost sounds like Hagar. Maybe I, I bet they're connected somehow. But but think of that, you know, and, and the point is the the heart of a parent is so concerned about their kids and their kids are just like on a rock, like nothing. Oh yeah, whatever, you know. And, and so yeah, we, we grow, we learn, and it, it really, really is eye opening. So we're all fathers here. You know, one thing I found difficult about parenting is that one of the greatest joys I ever had was a, as a father was teaching my children certain things, teaching them how to do this. To, to, and as they grow, they kind of overtake you in a limit and they just leave you standing there because they got so much knowledge and so much skill as kids. It's kind of, and it, you just, it pleased to see it happen, but it's kind of sad in a way. I want to go back to your boys playing basketball because I'm still waiting for the phone call to come out of retirement. <laughs> my agent <laughs> is standing by. I am available. They want to win, Oscar. Ouch. That's, That's the fair. point of the they game. They actually won their first game yeah, on they Tuesday did. night they yeah. to a team that has never won a game. <laughs> and it was really close. Thanks, Debbie. But they were so excited, right? Bouncing off the walls. But yeah, kids are easily forgetful of the sacrifices that parents make and what it takes to raise children. Like there's times I step back and I go, how in the world did we have five children? I remember one day I pulled up to a supermarket. I remember exactly where I was. And suddenly the thought hit me, I have to put five kids through college. (laughs) And this panic overtook me. I'm like, I started doing the numbers in my head, you know? And then the Lord just reminded me that he, he is the one who provides us with everything we need, even just the ability to parent. I joke with my kids that I'm only sending two of them to college. I have three. So they got to battle it out and figure (laughs) out which ones are going (laughs) Talking about sacrifices, I I heard a preacher once, Al Martin. I'll never forget what he said, talked about dishonoring your mother. He says, she gave up her figure to bear you. Ooh. (laughs) And I thought, how true. You just don't realize what your mother did. She carried you for nine months, bore you in pain, suckled you, and then supplied all your needs. They just, until you were 18. Basically, parents take care of them. I remember my mom, you know, my mom died of cancer. And how old were you? 
I was 18. I was, uh, yeah, I was in, you know, university, finishing up my first year and it was tough. I mean, she went through a lot. I, I remember she would plead with me sometimes to, to shoot her and put her out of her misery because she, the pain was so intense. She couldn't eat. She couldn't. Uh, but I remember there was one time in particular she was going to the hospital because she was in so much pain. They were taking her. And she, as she's walking out the door, she's pulling money out of her purse. She's like, eat, make sure to eat, you know? And that's mm. always been a picture in my mind of the heart of a parent, you know, that they're, they're always concerned about their kids. They're always thinking about their kids. And even when they become adults, they're still your children. Now you're worried about their future and what they're doing. And you see, I was concerned about bringing this up in case it was difficult for you to speak, but you're able to talk about it. What did that do to your faith in God? You're a new Christian. Oh, yeah, that's right. What did it do to you? Yeah, I, I was I was about a couple of years old in the Lord, and I remember when we got the news. You know, I was in the hospital, and they gave us the news. And I, I was down in the cafeteria right after it, just trying to eat something. I don't know how much I even ate in those days, but I remember eating my tears with my my food, and just having that sense of like, Lord. How's this, how am I going to, I mean, my mom, she was my life growing up in an Arab home, especially you're just very close with your parents. Before I died, I remember saying if my mom, before I died, before my mom died, before I was a Christian, I used to say, if my mom ever dies, I'll commit suicide. That's how close we were, you know? And so I just remember the, the devastation of just thinking I'm going to lose a person that's most precious to me on this planet, you know? But I'll tell you the the peace that the Lord gave me was just indescribable when she did pass. And I just wanted her death to not be in vain. You know, she came to know the Lord on her deathbed. And so I wanted, I wanted that to have an impact on, on the rest of the people that knew her that didn't know the Lord, you know? And so I just prayed for an opportunity to speak at the funeral and my family asked me to do the eulogy. And so I wrote this poem for her. Her name was, was Rosette and for short Rose. A rose that grows and blossoms and blooms and gives us the fragrance of sweet perfumes with leaflets and petals and beauty adorned must one day wither and wilt and be mourned. The thorns of the curse from Eden have spread. Death was inflicted, so blood must be shed. The rose of Sharon with thorns on his head hung on the cross of Calvary and bled. Dying for all as he willfully chose, so those who believe can rise as he rose." Our rose believed, so she rose and received the garden in heaven prepared. Her fragrance remained, her beauty sustained, her memory and joy is still shared. And I was able to share that and at the same time share the gospel, you know, with everyone there. And Didn't we put that in the final pages of the book, uh, How to Be Free from the Fear of Death? I think it contains that. I think that you might poem. have done that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, parents our call to honor them. I want to open it up and just talk about that because this is so important to God that he put it in the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And you think about it, right? Of, of all that God could have commanded his people, you narrow it down to those 10 and 10% of those, right, are focused on honoring parents. And that's Exodus 20 verse 12, but I love the highlight that it was given in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And Paul's highlighting the fact that this commandment comes with a promise and a blessing of, of what? Of longevity and wellness to, to those that do it. It just shows how much it means to the Lord. not just a promise of blessing, but a threat of a curse. So is this, when you, when you speak of longevity, it doesn't necessarily mean 
more days, more years, because we know that, you know, kids who honor their parents as honor the Lord will die at young age. Could it possibly mean more along the lines of the day that you currently have is well spent? It's a well spent day. We can live our lives for years and never spend those, and they're they're not spent well. But when it starts talking about longevity as unto the Lord, because you're honoring your parents that you're actually able to make those days count. It's like, let no one despise you in your youth. Don't give them a reason to despise you in your youth. Make sure that your days are counting as uh, we live our life. How's the, what's the interpretation of that? Well, I think that there are other elements at play. I think there's a truism that is involved with it. And I think a general promise rule, if you would. There are other factors, though, as well. I mean, you could have someone that was really good to his parents while he was murdering people, <laughs> you know, or someone like who's mafia, doing that. The mafia or like Yeah. That. Hey, mama. You know? Or even the biker with mom. I love my mom. Yeah. And I, right. I, I kill you in a minute over on this one. So there are other principles of reaping and sowing. God isn't mocked, right? Uh, but I think, generally speaking, those that walk uprightly and that honor their parents, there is a truism involved where, where God does bless with longevity. But I do agree with you, Mark, as well, that there's also infused in that uh, Methuselah loved his, Methuselah loved that. and honored his parents. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> you, know what, you know what killed him? Death. No. <laughs> Blowing out his birthday candles. <laughs> <laughs> they lit him on fire at that point. Yeah. So, so guys, let, let's open that up. Honoring... Honoring your parents. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, the first thing I think of is the poor guy whose mother was a prostitute. His father was a drug addict and killed people. And so you're telling me I've got to honor my parents? I say, yeah, it's not because they're worthy of honor, but it's because God says to. And I say that to my kids. The Bible says, honor your father and mother because they're worthy of your honor. No, it says, because we're just told to. I'm not worthy of your honor. I'm a sinner. My heart is deceitfully wicked. Um, so honor me because God tells you to, not because I'm worthy of it. And um, I'm a little self-conscious today because I, w- I had such a happy childhood. Oscar didn't. You were dragged up. I was raised by a loving family. I can't think of a day in my life that was unhappy when I was a kid. And yet you had such a terrible time. And it's been easy for me to honor my mum and dad. Mm. You know, I love and honor them. Always have my th- memories of them are just, just great. Mm. And yet, uh, Oscar, you, you had a hard... We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and the podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. I was thinking about that in regards to how we ought to honor our parents. And I think there's there's some things that we are saying, and I love what you just said. We honor our parents not because they're honorable, but God commands us. To. But there's also a way in which we ought to honor our parents that is most glorifying to God and doesn't put us in a place where we are further abused. And, and so I wrote a couple of quick things. I think 
One, honoring your parents is by preaching the gospel to them if they're non-believers. I think honoring our parents means serving them without sacrificing to them. Because there are some parents, especially as an adult, where they are toxic and unhealthy and you don't want to put, for example, your family, your children on their on their altar of toxicity because you're honoring your parents. And I would say honoring your parents is also not giving them a chance to sin against you. So prime example here is that I have a, a mom who has struggled with alcoholism and drugs. You know, my mom will call us on Thanksgiving. He's like, oh, are you going to have wine? No, no, we're not going to have wine because I I need to honor you by not putting you in a place where you're going to sin. And so that is one way. Now, my mom might be like, well, you're not honoring me. I want to have wine with our Thanksgiving. But from my perspective, honoring my mom is not is not allowing her to sin against the Lord. And so I'm going to honor her in that kind of way. Right. Yeah, those are the things I think that are often overlooked. You know, when we think about honor, whether it's honoring our parents, honoring government, honoring our leaders in church, whatever, there's always the caveat of we never do anything that God forbids or not do something that God commands. So that's when we know that we have the right to to not honor authority, so to speak, or to submit to authority, you know, in that regard. But all of us have had different upbringings, our parents, different personalities, different cultures. It seems like more than ever, we're living in a culture now where honor has just been thrown to the wayside. You know, I'll never forget as a little boy, having just come from Lebanon, I was at a neighbor's house one day, I was standing outside the door and he was coming out, we we're gonna go play. And his mom told him to do something. And I remember the first time I heard this, it's, it's like, it was yesterday because it was so traumatic. He goes, shut up, mom. And I remember I'm like, like I stood back, I'm waiting for like murder, <laughs> like literal murder to happen. Because in the Arab culture, like that is, it's just like unthinkable. You don't even, I didn't even know how to think those words toward my parents as a kid, you know? And she just goes, oh, Carl. I'm like, oh, Carl, like what in the world, you know? But man, it is so common today. Oh, mom, dad's stupid. You know, that's so dumb. Kids cussing at their parents. It's horrific. It's breathtakingly horrible to hear a parent, their authority um, just thrown to the side by some kid that they've given birth to. Yeah, I mean, you think of Leviticus 29, for anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely, surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood is upon him. I mean, I love the emphasis there. You know, it's not just Shirley, but he has cursed. I mean, it's like he's cursed his father and his mother. What do you expect? You know, we think about it in Western culture too. So we're talking about kids dishonoring their parents, but then that even builds into adulthood because in Western culture, it's so interesting that like your parents' retirement is their business. We ship them off to like the most cost effective, you know, elder home and we forget about them. But for most of human history, the elderly would go live with the younger. Multi-generational homes are starting to become more popular and it's a new thing, but it's a new thing in America because it's cost-effective. But throughout human history, that was the way it was done because that's how you honor your parents. You don't ship them the way you keep them close. And I actually think, easy, you and your family display this so well with your father. I'm sure if you guys all pulled your money together, you can ship him off to some elder home to live off the rest of his life by himself, being cared for by nurses. 
but you guys decide to make a further sacrifice with your time, your love, and your attention by keeping him near to you, which is another form of honoring our parents that we just, we've lost a sense of understanding. In, in so your, your dad's what, he's in his late 80s or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's no longer a young pup like that. Yeah, we, it's crazy to think, you know, we, we celebrated his 111th this past January. And it's crazy back then they didn't keep records. Well, I don't, I still don't understand it, but he doesn't know the day and month he was born. He just knows 1911. So there's all these older Lebanese people. They all celebrate their birthday January 1st because they don't know, they don't know their exact birth date. They just know the year. But yeah. And based on, on a January 1st date, there's a website that has him as the oldest man in California, uh, number two in America. And he's like in the top 50 in the world. And yeah, he lived with us for 12 years. In fact, just weeks ago, he he moved in with my brother just because it made sense. The caretakers that help live near him. My other sister lives near him. And it just, it, it all gave me sense. great joy to see him finish that marathon the other day. It was just... <laughs> First, too. But no, I mean, 12 years with us and what a joy and what an honor. Are there challenges? Of course. You know, in fact, I'm still not used to him not being in the room because even when I'm not on duty because we would all take shifts. I slept in his room five nights a week, sometimes seven. And it's been weird because I feel like a visitor in my own bedroom, you know? So now it's just strange to actually sleep in my room every night. So why did you sleep with him? Because he he has to get up in the middle of the night to use the restroom. So I have to, you know, be there and he can't, you know. He, would, he could hurt himself potentially. Yeah, so he's still walking. He still sees, hears. I mean, he beats us in backgammon and cards. <laughs> he's still really there, but, you know, he's just older, frail, and he can easily fall. So I would do that. But, you know, and we would take shifts during the day too when we're with him. And But still now when when, when he's sleeping, I mean, when he was with us, I still had to watch the monitor, you know, because he... I have to make sure, you know, that he's he's fine. So easy. This is part of your culture. Would that be right to say? I mean, most people would say your late eighties, nice home with a golf course, and you'll yeah. be happy there. Yeah, it, it's it's a part of the culture to a degree, but it's changed too. I mean, even in Lebanon now, you know, people are putting parents in, in care facilities. And look, no judgment whatsoever. I mean, there people have different circumstances. They can't do it. They, they don't have the means to do that yeah, and work. The space. Yeah, yeah, the space. And also medical needs. Sometimes they just have extreme needs or whatever, or they live in separate countries or whatever. But for us, we're convicted and delighted to do it. It is an honor. This is our father. He, he, you know, he took care of us. He raised us. He brought us from Lebanon to America to a new country when he was almost 70, didn't speak the language, you know, didn't know the customs, the culture. He did it for our future because Lebanon was war-torn, you know. I'm so glad he did, Easy. Otherwise, I'd be hitting this uh, podcast. <laughs> and I would be hated to do it. Imagine yeah. that. But no, but it's it's been a joy. And you know what the joy has been too? It's been that our children have been able to witness that. Because I mean, my daughter Kylie, she just turned 15. She would never remember her grandpa not living with us, right? And so that they've seen that example. Why? That they may do likewise, not for our sake, but because we love them and want it to be well with them, that they also may live long on the earth. You know, that they may have God's blessing in, in doing what honors him because the command comes from him. And what age were you? <laughs> did Was I born? That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, your dad was how old when he had you? He was almost around 65. Yeah, my mom was a lot younger. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, think about it. I'm five, he's about 70. 
walking me to kindergarten to, into my class. Kids are like, is that your great, 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 great grandpa? You know? So I had it all rolled into one because I never knew either of my grandpas, but I like had it rolled up into my dad. dad I, was, grandpa, I never told you this easy, but I was working here when my grandma moved in with us. And that was a big decision for us to make. My wife and I and our family had a, a small home, very manageable mortgage payment. And my grandma had some needs coming up and we prayed over it. We looked at it financially and we just kind of realized we were going to take this huge financial burden on. And I was at the cusp of saying, this isn't, this isn't wise. And, and backstory, my grandma raised me. Mm-hmm. You know, when my mom was in her worst years, I lived with my grandma. Uh, I lived with my grandma for the majority of my life, actually, as a kid. And so when it came time, I went to my wife. I said, you know, I don't, I don't think this makes sense for us financially. And my wife was like, man, I've been praying and I feel like the Lord is calling us to do this. She raised you. And it was such a convicting moment for me to realize that I was trying to not honor my grandma because it was going to cost me too much. And one of the thoughts that I had in that moment was that I thought about how joyful you would express your dad living with you and the the relationship that your kids had with them. And that was just a that stood out to me in that moment. It was like the Lord was connecting these dots for me that this was not only honorable to my grandma, glorifying to him and ultimately good for my family. This sacrifice would be good for my family, that he was going to teach us something through it. And he's done that. We've been with her now for four years and he's done that. Wow, that's it's wonderful. And, you know, Mark, it makes me think of you as well. You had your parents live with you for a season. And it reminds me of our wives. Like you're talking about your wife saying, no, let's take your grandma in. And Rachel, my dad is like her dad. When I was second. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ray Compton dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, she was the one at home when I was at work and before my dad needed caretakers, which we now have. And they, they're they there. My brother or sister are there when we're not because Rachel has to homeschool all that. But she's doing that. And she's still looking after my dad. She's still, you know, feeding him breakfast and lunch and dinner when I wasn't there. She was still, you know, taking care of his laundry and, and all these different needs. And Mark, the same with you. I mean, you were at work. Laura was at home with your parents and she welcomed him in gladly. Yeah, there's nothing my parents can do to get me out of their lives or for them to move on, right? I mean, my dad can commit murder and I'll be the one visiting him in prison, right? There, I, it's this commitment. It's this unconditional, no strings attached. I know what I signed up for. So I, I call my parents regularly. They live over in Texas and I, I want to be there. And I wasn't raised in a godly home and a godly environment, but they did the best they could with what they had. I, I think that we all, to some degree, grew up in some sort of a dysfunctional family just because when you don't put Christ at the center, something's going to go uh, amiss. But we, we are to honor our mom and our dad. If I can maybe pull this out, Legan Duncan, you know, the uh, the pastor of First Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi, he said, uh, God shows us the importance of the commandment to honor our parents in Exodus 20 in several different ways. And he points out three of them. And he says, first of all, notice that he puts it first in the list of our horizontal responsibilities. Our vertical responsibilities are addressed in the commands one through four to him. But when he begins to express our horizontal responsibilities, our responsibilities in our human relations with one another, the very first thing he says, honor your father and mother, right? So we have the first four commandments. It's to honor God. It's to love God. It's to revere God. It's to put him first. And then he's, all right, now let me talk to you about life. Honor your mom and your dad. That's number one, honor mom and dad. Second, it's interesting. If we were to go ahead and read the law all the way up to Exodus 24, 
you would find that God attaches the same penalty to disobedience of parents that he attaches to blasphemy and idolatry and the worship of false gods. In both cases, blasphemy and idolatry, worship of false gods. And in the case of disobedience to parents and the laws of Moses, it's the death penalty that is given. If you do not honor your mom and dad, you are to be put to death. That is how serious it is in the eyes of God. And you had quoted uh, the scripture, and there's one in uh, Matthew as well. It says, for God commanded saying, honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. Is there any instance in Scripture of that happening? Not that I know of. In fact, Book of Editions. <laughs> Frank dishonored. I mean, the same is the same is true with adultery, right? That it was so rare occasions where you could fully prove that something like that had taken place, and this is where we have that variant in uh, John chapter eight with the woman caught in the act of adultery. The law says this, that she's to be stunned, but what do you say? There was a case, uh, to your point, there was a case where there was a couple caught in the act of adultery, but they were not able to be stoned to death because it was not agreed upon which tree they were underneath that you couldn't agree with that. So therefore, we have our judicial system and eyewitness accounts and things of this nature, things got to match up. You know, so it's not always an easy thing to do. I'm sure parents who read the law to their children would have obedient children. Well, there is a sense, God, God gives us these relationships ultimately to help us better understand himself. And so our, our parents, our fathers and our mothers are there in our lives to better help us understand him. And so you think to yourself, how could a, a father, for example, who is not great, how, how does honoring him tell me something about God? Well, perhaps it goes like this. There are times in which we simply cannot understand what God is doing, and yet he calls us to trust and honor him. So while your earthly father doesn't literally doesn't know what he's doing sometimes, and perhaps what he's doing is sinful, by you honoring him, it's reflecting when your heavenly father is doing something incredible that you don't understand he still calls you to honor him. It's like a two-year-old wanting to play with knives or go play out on the freeway, and they don't understand why you're depriving them of fun. Yeah. Right? God is this cosmic killjoy who wants to suck all the fun out of our lives. And the truth of the matter is, no, God knows what is best. Yeah. Dad knows what is best. Honor him. You're a brave man, Mark. Thank you. I, you every know, time I said, I think of you. Yeah, Ray, yeah. And Ray had to highlight it. Ray, you were such a great example to me as well of honoring your parents because... You were across the seas. You followed God's call to come here to the United States. But you went back so many times to New Zealand to see your parents. That was the main thrust of why you went. You were always calling regularly. You were always sending financial gifts and blessing them. And how wonderful is it? They've now passed, but you have zero regrets. I do have one regret. I told my dad off once when he was over here for doing something, and I've regretted that. I can't tell you how much I've regretted. I ended up a few years ago late apologizing to him personally, which I was thrilled to do. I said, please forgive me for that. It was just a little thing, but it just horrified. It's haunted me for years. And now God's forgotten. My dad's forgiven me, but it just made me think, I wish I hadn't told him off. He was my dad. And then amazing how something like that, I have a memory, man, it just made me tear up as I remembered it. And it, <laughs> my mom... My mom made me tabbouleh. And, you know, that's my absolute favorite food on the planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that proved it because she, she made it for me. 
but it was different and it was like, it just was like a little mushy or something. And I just remember just like, that's the first thing I said. I'm like, oh, it's just, it's different. It's mushy. Oh, I don't like it. And I remember her sadness. She is like, I slaved to make this for you. I love you to show you my love. And from time to time, it just comes back to mind. And it, I feel such deep pain and regret. Like, how could I do that? You know? Yeah, I feel the same like a scraping in my gut that I dishonored my dad just for a second. And it was, it was horrible. Yeah. But it was so great to see you do that, Mark. I've seen it with your parents. Oscar, obviously, you're always there you know, loving on your mom, you took your own grandma in. What a joy it is. But but I, I want us to think of the excuses that are often made. This is an interesting passage in Matthew 7, 9 through 12. It says, Jesus, it says, he said to them, all too well, you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is korban, that is gifted to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother. So this was a loophole that they kind of interjected to not honor their parents. Hey, anything that is mine that you could receive benefit from that I could take care of you with, it's korban, it's willed in a sense to the temple right? And in that case, hey, this is God's money. So I, I, I don't have to honor you with this money. I mean, how wicked and evil, you know, that is when you think about it. And, and he talked to them about how they abdicated basically, or, or really nullified the word of God for the traditions of men. And you think of the excuses that we can come up with to not, you know, honor our parents. How much does it mean to you guys when your kids out of the blue call you or text you or just say something I mean, Oscar, recently you talked about when your your children tearing up, when you said something to them and how that touched you, right? But let's talk about that so that maybe people can get an example who aren't parents yet, how that affects us. I love that you're bringing this up because I'm also thinking about like maybe the, the younger gentleman or young lady that's listening to the podcast that are still living with their parents. Maybe they're in high school, whatever the case. And they're like, I, I do a pretty good job of obeying my parents. So therefore I'm honoring them. But there are other ways to honor our parents as well, to, to recognize the sacrifices they make for us to be thankful to them for the things that they do, to bless and serve them. And so like a prime example, you just brought it up, but just yesterday, it was almost like God's good timing. I got here into the office, or it was the day before yesterday, it was Tuesday. I got here in the office and I had a, a, a letter written and sent to me from somebody who's been listening to the podcast. And it blessed me to read it. And I was done reading it, I put it down, and I get my laptop out of my briefcase, and there's a sticky note from my daughter. Have a great day, Dad. Love you. And that sticky note blessed me so much more than the two-page handwritten letter because it's my daughter, you know? Or the other day I picked up my son, I rushed home from work and uh, pulled up to the house because it was his time to go to Taekwondo. He jumped into the car and he sits down, he buckles in and he looks at me and goes, how was your day, dad? (laughs) And there was just something about him initiating a conversation and asking me about my day. And it reminds me this, that I remember one time I sat down with my grandma And I asked her something about her experience and she went in this long, amazing story about this visit to Connecticut and this story about how she won Miss Sonora, Mexico. And in like 30 minutes, I just learned a hundred new things about my grandma that I never knew about. And I was in my like late 20s and I thought to myself, it's taken me 20 something years to wonder about my own grandmother. 
I ask my friends about their day, about their stories, about their backstory. And I just, it's like, I assume that my grandma just popped into existence to serve me. And she came into existence at her age. She's just grandma. Yeah. And she has this whole story. And so, yeah, as, as kids, we have an opportunity to honor our parents by hearing their stories, by getting to know them, you know, by being interested in their lives. Speaking of that, the average 16-year-old thinks his dad knows nothing. By the time he hits 21, <laughs> his dad knows everything. Something happens, you know, in, in, during that time. Because oh, so 16-year-olds are know-it-alls. And then a little bit of living, you realize you don't know much at all. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, can you think of a biblical instance of someone dishonoring their mom and dad? I've spread it out a little so you won't get it, so I'll answer my own question. <laughs> Thank you, right? The prodigal son, he dishonored his father. He just said, Dad, I prefer sin to you. Give me my money. Give me what's due to me. And yet, what a turnaround to see him honoring his dad, coming before him and just saying, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. Take me on as your servant. What a, what a wonderful, what an honoring thing to do and how sweet that must have been for the father after what he'd been going through. And the father was looking for him. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't sitting watching TV. He was out looking for his son uh, to come running to him, which a great picture of uh, – they didn't have TV in those days. Um, it would have been radio, obviously. But he was waiting for him and saw him a great way off and ran to him and fell upon him and kissed his neck. What yeah. a wonderful picture of God in Christ. I love that. There's a couple of problematic scriptures maybe we can deal with in Luke 14, 26. No the scriptures, the problem with you, Mark. Yeah, Mark. Right. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother – and wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So obviously this text is saying that we actually have to hate our father and mother. Huh. What's the solution? Uh, why does the voice of Ray Comfort reverberate <laughs> in my head? Hyperbole, <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite words, yeah. a statement of exaggeration. So Ray, you explain this one uh, very well, so go ahead and do it. Oh, thanks a lot. You've just yeah. set the bar it's high. the so best this is, explanation. Honestly, when I hear I you cannot explain wait. this, oh, we're so like, excited. Yeah. Honey on toast. I'm on the edge of my seat. This is going to be life-changing. <laughs> I'm telling you, listeners, if you are concerned about your purpose and meaning in life, what Ray is about to say is going to solve all of your problems. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's hyperbole, a statement of exaggerations to make a point. Love is contrasted with hate for emphasis sake. And it's saying that our love for God should be so great that our love for mother, father, brother, sister, and our own life should seem like hatred compared to the love we have for the God that gave those loved ones and that life to us. And uh, when you get that worked out, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else comes into proportion. And that's how you can hold on to the things that you love in this world with a loose hand when you have that order correct. God is a giver. They are the gift. Therefore, I'll not show an inordinate affection by sharing my love on them above the love that God, the God that gave them to me. Yeah, that's good. I sense that we're probably going to wrap up here. And so I want to just point out. No, we're not. I still have a problem. Oh, yeah. Okay, more problems. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Fine, Oscar. (laughs) Uh, Matthew 8, and when Jesus saw the great multitude about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. And then a certain scribe came and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. That's because the father was still alive and he didn't want him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, that comes to kingdom priority. 
and being well. And obviously, you know, I think a part of that too was people making excuses for not following the Lord. But, but again, it, I think it ties in with what Ray said. Hyperbole gives us the the understanding that everything must pale in comparison to our devotion to the Lord. I've heard a, a take on it is that he was saying, I'm going to wait till my father dies and then I can come and follow you. Right. Like wait till he gets old yeah. and dies. And Jesus said, the bed, dearie, their bed. <laughs> I, I remember one commentary saying, well, if we examine the context, here we have uh, the disciples about ready to go over to across the Sea of Galilee into Decapolis, the 10 cities, over to where we have the Gadareans. And here we have these unclean Gentiles, if you would, and the Jews would have nothing to do with them and saying, like, how do I get out of this? Really, you know, I have home responsibilities. I cannot handle this. And here we have a maybe perhaps the first picture of Jesus bringing his message to the whole world in totality, not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles, the first glimpse perhaps. Yeah. And, you know, you think of, of what scripture says in terms of honor, and it goes beyond just the financial, but First Timothy 5, 8, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And that's a heavy passage. And, and it shows that, again, God cares about how we honor our parents, how we look after them. Proverbs 23, 22, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Because sometimes people are prone to do that. And ultimately, Colossians 3, 20, children obey your parents in all things for this is well pleasing to the Lord. It's pleasing to him. Every young person in time gets empathy for the elderly as they get older. I'm getting empathy for the elderly because my mind isn't as sharp as what I get to recall things and names. They're just not there. The file's gone. And it makes the files. me, <laughs> yeah, someone's taken it. And I just, and it gives me empathy for the elderly because they drive slower. They don't want to kill people. And you can tend to despise, it says, don't despise your mother. You can despise people because they're not as sharp as what you are as a young person, but they're just young people in old skin. That's all they are. Yeah. And I, I, I just took my son Luke out the other night with, Luke out, Luke out. Went to and out you know, I, I disciple my kids and we're going through Disciplines of a Godly Man by R. Kent Hughes. And the chapter we were on was on fatherhood. And the things he said to me in terms of his perspective of me as a father that I won't repeat, but it was, I can't put into words what it did to my heart as a dad. Like my son, like he, he sees it, like he appreciates it, like it's impacted his life, it's shaped him. He wants to raise his kids this way. I mean, it just like, so if you're listening, friends, just understand if you don't communicate things like this to your parents, they matter. If you have the kind of relationship that's maybe kind of more formal and, and you feel weird doing that, write them a letter, send them a text or an email. I appreciate you, I love you, thank you for what you've done. The impact that has on them is indescribable and you will be blessed by God because that's a form of, of honoring them. Randy Smith said, it's evident when a society turns its back on God, many necessary traits of a civilized and orderly democracy go out the window. One of them is the loss of the concept of honor and respect. He do How does that come about? Take the belief that you evolved, which makes life without honor, add to it the self-esteem movement that teaches you only to honor yourself, add to that no moral absolutes whereby your end goal will justify your dishonorable means, and then throw away divine accountability to honor because you believe you are the final say defining right and wrong. So that there's no wonder why kids cuss their parents out and 
don't care about them and neglect them. And it's because we, we've lost our sense of the centrality of God and his way and his word in our lives. And every generation gets worse, which is horrific. The generation. And, ooh, and anybody who, who might be feeling the weight of their sin, reflecting on the times that they've dishonored their parents, who have those broken relationships and wondering where to go next, the good news is that there has been a child, a son, who has perfectly honored his father. He honored him so well that he went to the cross and died so that we could die with him and resurrect, have our hearts soften, eyes opened, and have the freedom to honor our parents and honor our Father in heaven in what Christ Jesus, the perfect son, has done on our behalf. Mm, amen. One day a friend of mine asked me on Mother's Day, if your mom was still alive, would you give her a bouquet of flowers? I remember saying I'd give her a whole garden. <laughs> you know, friends, life is quick, it's short. Don't waste time holding on to bitterness and not saying what needs to be said. Say it. And if you didn't and it was too late, well, hey, the hope that Oscar just gave us through the gospel is what you need. Run to the Lord, learn from that. And then if you have children, give them that example because it really comes down to us teaching our children to honor us. You know, it says children honor your parents and the Lord for this is right, but we forget. And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And what's the training and admonition of the Lord for kids? To honor their parents. Why? That it may be well with them and they may live long on the earth. It's for their good. We have to be proactive in that regard. We've already done an episode on parenting, but that's important to remember. Let me close us out with this quote from Spurgeon. He said, let us all think who still have parents spared to us how much we owe to them. And let it be our joy if we cannot recompense them at any rate to give them so much of comfort by our conduct as shall show our gratitude. Let them have such joy in us that they may never regret the anxieties of past years, but may have their hearts made to rejoice that they brought into the world such sons and daughters. If we have had parents who did care for us and anxiously said, are they safe? Let us be grateful to God and let us never show that we undervalue his mercy by treating the boon with contempt. And friends, one way you can do that is through Ray's book, How to Bring Your Children to Christ and Keep Them There. Make sure to check that out, livingwaters.com. It'll help you to help your children to honor you that they may be blessed by the Lord. We hope you've been encouraged. We have. Remember to give us a rating, to uh, like the podcast, to subscribe, and also podcast at livingwaters.com with your thoughts and comments. God bless you. We'll see you next time here on the Living Waters Podcast. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters Podcast.